0: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with Asylum Assassin Matt Costa and Science Advisor Matt Moniz. We are here to talk with you about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. And we are very excited for tonight's program. We'll be joined in just a moment by Jackie Barrett. She is a world-renowned psychic medium. You know her for her work with Ronnie DeFeo, the accused Amityville killer, the convicted Amityville killer, uh, in her book, The Devil I Know. Well, now she has a new book out, The Haunting of the Gemini, and it is just – if you thought that – Uh, The Devil I Know was a creepy tale and that you know you had trouble sleeping after reading that. Wait until you read The Haunting of the Gemini, and it's all true, folks. So we'll get into that in just a bit uh, with Jackie. We do want to let everybody know that we have the all-new Spooky TV running at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you have never listened to the program before, well, we're more than just a radio show. We try to have a little bit of a video element for you as well. So if you go to the website, maybe it's... Maybe it's not time. So if you go to the website, uh, you'll be able to actually select the Spooky TV option. Uh, If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, I'm going to go through this on on the computer at the same time so I can know how everybody is uh, achieving this. So let's start over here. So just go to SpookySouthCoast.com or you can go to WBSM.com and find the the Spooky South Coast page there. But right on the front of SpookySouthCoast.com, you'll see a tab at the top, Spooky TV. Click on that, and underneath you'll have a few options of how to view the program. You can either watch it on a full screen. You can just listen to the audio from the WBSM feed if you don't want to tax your computer. Or maybe you're watching on a tablet or a phone that doesn't have flash video capability. You can select that option to just listen to the show, or you can hit the middle one, which is video and chat. You can see what's going on here in the studio and chat with others. Uh, Keep in mind, though, that the chat room is pretty much eliminated from... Uh, are, we're, we're no longer able to actually utilize the chat room here because that that's not running it. This isn't running it. But we're working on getting that fixed. Uh, however, you will notice, hopefully, that the video and audio quality are better on Spooky TV than they've ever been in the past. Because thanks to the generous donations of our listeners Ooh, through our GoFundMe like campaign. This. What's that? Generous donations? Do you, have, do you have the video up? I do have the video up. It looks really good. Yeah? It's like really. It did, looks, it, did it? Did the thing pop up yet? Yeah. No, no. It's 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 a good it's a good like twenty seconds behind. Oh. But um, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding. Right? That's professional. That looks like we know like what it. we're doing. So, thanks to the generous donations of our listeners through our GoFundMe <laughs> campaign, uh, we've been able to purchase a new laptop. And this thing, this thing is just the bomb right here. And uh, it, it has so much more processing power than the old one does. Uh, we we debated over for months and months what actually was the problem with the quality of spooky TV. Well,
1: the old computer was a step up above an Abacus.
0: Well, the old one was good. It, was, it lasted us good. quite a long time. I, I just think that the demands that we put on it yeah. kind of outlasted the technology that we had. We kind of wanted to make sure that we had the best for you. And so we were able to purchase this laptop, which will hopefully produce a better quality program. uh, And also we'll have a better quality recording. Are you recording? I am recording. Awesome. And we'll be able to start putting these back up on YouTube, which we used to do, uh, but the technology had been failing us because it didn't have enough processing power to do both. So now we should be good. Now we should be able to handle both. And uh, also uh, one of the other things that we've been able to do is we've been able to purchase the program that we used for the cameras so instead of just going by with the freeware which had been what we've been using for the last five six years how long we've been doing spooky tv uh, we've been using the free version now we actually spent the money to get the higher quality video and to get the ability to do things like this to put up names underneath, to have picture-in-picture, picture, to have all these multiple sources, and I just think that it's going to bring a whole new element to the Spooky TV aspect of the show. So remember, you can always check it out live uh, on Saturday nights from 10 to midnight. You can check it out on SpookySouthCoast.com or on WBSM.com, but Spooky TV is more than just our program. It's also programming throughout the course of the week, and we've got so many great programs on there, like Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice. Uh, we have the Chuckles and Laugh Show, right? Yep. We have Ghosts Are Near with yep. Keith and Sandra Johnson. Paranormal After Party. Paranormal After Party with the Black Shirt Paranormal Group. And uh, Welling City Ghost Presents. Oh, we've got Which, that. Yeah. We're running it now? Yep. Awesome. Yep. So there you go. So, uh, And uh, we'll, we'll work on getting some other programming up there, too. If you have an idea for a show, uh, you can just reach out to us, Spooky Crew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. That's the way to get in touch with us all week long. You can also tweet us, too, at SpookySC. And uh, during the course of the night, if you would like to tweet us or send us an email, you can do that. But you can also try the good old-fashioned way by giving us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And just a little bit of a programming note. I'm not going to be here next week. I don't know if you guys are going to try and do a show without me next week, next Saturday. We could try. We could try. But I won't be here. I'm going to be at ParahistoryCon History Con 2 in Lake George, New York. And there are still some tickets available for some of the aspects of ParahistoryCon History Con 2. So if you go to their website, you can find out more about that. Then the week after that, I'm going to be in Minnesota for a wrestling, independent wrestling event and a ghost hunt at the Mounds Theater. Uh, So you can go to my Facebook page or follow me on Twitter at Tim Weisberg. I'll have all the details if you want to join me uh, at those events. But Stephanie Burke will be here as the co host. And she'll be, she's working out who she's going to bring in for her guest, but she'll be sitting in, in my spot, so. That should be a pretty uh, pretty interesting night for folks uh, who are fans of Stephanie, and you don't have to hear me. <laughs> so there you go. And, uh, and then we'll all be back together in a few weeks after that. So, But we do have a Legend Trips event coming up on July 12th. Only 10 tickets remain for this event at the Murdoch Whitney House in Winchenden, Massachusetts. Your chance to investigate this great mansion with the Spooky crew, with Jeff Belanger, with Andrew Lake, and with our very special guest from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International, Dustin Perry. So... If you want to get those tickets, I would jump on those now. They're only $99. They include dinner, uh, lectures, a tour of the building, and hours of guided investigation where you get to use the connect camera system and so many other interesting gadgets and so many other things that you can use uh, to try and reach out and touch the other side a little bit. But our guest tonight... She can't help but reach the other side because it's been right there in her face pretty much her entire life. For more than 26 years, Jackie Barrett has been a psychic medium and author. Her amazing abilities to both communicate with the dead and guide the living have propelled her into the spotlight. She is known throughout the world as America's foremost occult and paranormal expert. She is the author of the books The House That Kay Built, The Devil I Know, in which she delved into the world of Ronald DeFeo, The Amityville Murderer, and now her new book is called The Haunting of the Gemini, please welcome back to the program the one and only Jackie Barrett. Good evening, Jackie. How are you?
2: I'm well. How are you?
0: Oh, we are spooktacular, and it's great to have you on again.
2: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, and I I love these books that you're putting out, but I was thinking about it today as I was reading over the book, and I was thinking... It, it's very interesting to hear you tell these stories and, and to share these experiences with us, but you're the one that actually has to live them and go through them. And, and But when I see your social media posts, when I see what you put up on Twitter, on Facebook, it seems like you're able to live a relatively happy and normal life despite all these forces uh, that are interfering with you.
2: Yeah, I try. <laughs>
0: But I mean does it grind on you after a while to have to constantly be battling you know basically you're the soldier that's standing out there between us regular folks in the world of evil you're just one of the the few who is able to to see both sides of that and uh, does it get draining on you emotionally and physically
2: absolutely absolutely and you have to you know um, I mean this isn't something that just happened to me overnight I've I've um been part of this world and and the other side um uh, since I was about 5 years old. So, uh you know, I know how to even though I don't want to sound, you know, so arrogant saying I know how to separate um and just shake it off. You know, you're still human. It's mm-hmm. it's very difficult to shake off, but um you, you do your best. You surround yourself around good people, and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge animal lover, so I always like to keep myself busy with that and um, and, and just going, you know, doing things that make me happy.
0: Hey, do you ever feel, though, that, um, it, do you feel like your family, your pets, your friends, do you feel like any of them kind of feel the effects of what you have to go through?
2: Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. I'm I'm not the easiest person to live with. You know I know that um and then, of course it's it's like you know the the shadow gets cast on onto the others uh, around me, you know, just the, the things that happen I mean there's always something happening mm-hmm. there's you know just because you 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 write something and and you help somebody, let's say like Ronnie Defeo, as much as you could and and try to dispel the evil. It, it doesn't mean that it, it didn't take a layer off your back, um, and it, it has a residual. You know, it lets you know that it's still around, and, and there are other demons and, and um, unkind spirits that um, sort of try to test the waters.
0: Well, one thing that uh, comes through very well in in the books anyway, and I uh, I know this from speaking with you in the past, is there's a very strong bond with yourself and your daughter and your husband. And it seems like as a unit, you know, it's it's kind of the three of you against the world. uh, And and the fact that they've got your back so well, that must be reassuring, knowing that you have to go up against these things, knowing that when you are home, uh, that you have that great support system that they love you unconditionally.
2: Absolutely, I have an incredible family. i mean i my daughter is just uh she's a powerhouse herself and and will my husband he's um right there alongside me. When something happens to one of us it it happens to all and and we um we don't question it. we just go up against it, you know it's um it's that old that old school of thought where you know, if someone picks on a family member, you have to go through everyone. But I just hope they can hold
0: up. <laughs> well, it seems like everybody, you know, if we if we look at you as a team, uh, and, and you really are, you're a team working against these forces, right. you know, it seems like everybody brings... Uh, something to the table that's different. I mean, you all—you all are very balanced in this, but you know, it seems like your daughter brings a lot of the, uh, y- you know, the mental aspects of it. You're a combination of kind of both, and Will can bring the physical aspects of it. And even though you all touch upon all those areas, it seems like everybody has the one thing that's kind of where they can excel, so nobody can hurt you in in any way.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we're um we're we're pretty we're pretty tough people you know and and we do come out for each other and and everyone has a role to play and sometimes we need to step out of it and um step into something else and you know when one person is is weakened by it and um you know it's just it's just something that happens and I and I'll give you um uh, an example of just like last night and I was really really tired and I was ready to go to bed and Will was already asleep, and um I had said uh, you know good night to Joe and I just got really comfortable, and I heard Ma, but it was like it it had this sound to it it was it wasn't human, it sounded like Joe sounded like Joanne, but it wasn't human, but of course you know you're you're going to get up and see you know see what's going on, and I just stuck my head out my door, and I was like, um, did you call me, and she said, no, she said, I didn't call you, I got back in bed, and it happened again, and so I texted her, and I was like, you sure you didn't call me, and um, I knew she didn't, but I just wanted to know she was okay, you yeah. know, I mean, we live in a, a big enough house where you... you if you wanted to you didn't have to see each other, so you know i I went ahead and i and I texted her, and it was like um, i I knew it was something else, I knew it was something messing with me, uh, so I just you know I said, the hell with it, I went to bed." <laughs>
0: Well, in reading, you know, the the new book, uh, I, I kind of need a little bit of help chronologically because we we read The Devil I Know uh, about right. your work with Ronald DeFeo, and uh, how did that this new book, The Hunting of the Gemini, how did that come about chronologically in your life that you started delving into this case? Was this kind of around the same time? Was this after Ronnie? Oh, or?
2: my God. It was, you know, between them both. Uh, I don't know how I don't walk around with, like, you know, vitamin drip IV, and um, but I was actually, um, years, years ago, it had to be like 2004, I was then seeing Patricia, who I, I didn't know was Patricia, like I was seeing this woman all over the place, and while I was doing homicide cases at that time, I would see her hair there and everywhere um just running you know like it's it's like if you're waiting at a light and something catches your eye and it was, and it's always it was always um as though everything slowed down for that just for that one moment as as though you know that feeling when you're lightheaded and i would look in that direction and see her stare at me for a moment and then dart somewhere and i continued to see her uh, for quite some time, and I was logging. I began to log everything
0: now did at this point i mean i don 't know how it works for you with your abilities uh can you tell at this point that she 's a spirit and not a living person
2: um i I knew she was okay. you know i i mean
0: because i mean i'd be worried that you' you know you 've got a stalker if you keep I'm sure I do
2: you know I, i'm like i don 't care <laughs> yeah um it, I knew she was, but um, I, I wasn't sure how powerful she was, mm-hmm. what she wanted, um, was she um, looking to harm, uh, was it uh, a demon taking form of uh, a human? I wasn't, I wasn't clear, I wasn't, I wasn't clear with that at all. Uh, so that's when I began um, to log everything. And um, while, you know, while I finished with Ronnie, um, I was already writing everything down, what was happening between myself, Hattie uh, Berto said, the Zodiac Killer, um, the New York City Zodiac Killer, and, and Patricia uh, Fonte. I didn't know who she was um until everything started like meshing together and this has to be like the first time where something came back to back like this for me and actually there would have been another back of that um but I walked away from it and um because it was uh, it was that bad mm-hmm. uh after the, the Zodiac, but while I was completing this uh, manuscript, and and it wasn't just a manuscript, it's like, it's a live diary, so it's, it's every day going through something and being able to, to write this down. Um, when, when I wasn't able to write it down, Joanne did. Joanne sat with me, and she would say, "What happened to you today?" and and everything was recorded. So um, that's the great thing about the iPhone—you can, you know, or, or your iPad. As you go along, you can start recording things, and um, one page turns into a thousand.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, actually, there was two thousand pages. Um, of manuscript that had to do with uh, him and I and some of the things were taken out and and some were put into different different areas and some I tucked away in a safe deposit box uh, that you know um, maybe keeping the public safe
0: Well. I- that's very interesting. Uh, but wh- and while you're dealing with Ronnie and you're putting that uh, to an end, and anybody who remembers the Devil I Know and the ending of that book, you realize, you know, just what you had to go through to put a final stamp on on that case. Uh, but it seemed like you were able to come out of that and and. I don't want to say, you know, it's, everything's a happy ending at the end of it, but at least it seemed like you had found peace with your role in that. And now all of a sudden this case, the Gemini case, and particularly Patricia, it, it is wearing on you probably more than I've ever heard any other case wearing on you mentally and physically.
2: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Ronnie really, um, Ronnie can take you for a ride. It's uh, there's, there's something, you know, when... when it it frightens me when I hear people say especially after, you know, the Zodiac and Ronnie, um, when I hear people say that they don't believe you know, they don't believe in um spirits or they don't believe in entities and, and the bad and the good. It it frightens me because I realized um the more we push this aside and and just want to see the world as being black and white, uh, the bigger and better um, does the evil grow, mm. you know, and does it grow? <laughs> so, you know, it's able to um, multiply and 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 divide its way and and just cause havoc and and you know, it's it's true. It's uh, you know the by saying. It doesn't exist. Uh, you know, you already empowered the devil.
0: And, and just as a quick note, I just want to throw this out there for anybody that's watching on Spooky TV. If you see me look directly at the camera, I'm looking at the computer. The computer's just uh, – the camera's on top of the computer. I don't want anybody to get really freaked out and think that I'm staring at them uh, through the camera. But uh, the one thing about Ronnie and dealing with that is it seemed like, you know, as intense as it got, you were always able to keep that – you knew how to keep that distance between yourself and Ronnie, you knew when he was trying to suck you in, and you knew when you were kind of being lured in. With this case, it seemed like it was getting you without you even realizing it was getting you.
2: Yes, yes. You know, it, it's uh, <laughs> that's that's really good because um, a lot of people didn't realize that um, in interviews that I've done. But um, but you're always you're you're always really sharp anyway. So well, thank you. But uh, Ronnie, I was able to actually keep, and I hate to even use this because I don't want my house breaking down again, but like a little bit of an upper hand, I'll say it like that, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, we were, we were like skating on the same ice at, at some times, you, you know, at some point, and I was trying to weed through everything, and and, and my point was to... You know, Ronnie had so many things inside of him, and I was trying to bring him back to the house that day and truly let him see who was running out that front door. Um, you know, like he said, he always claimed it was like, an, you know, this uh, so-and-so guy and or this neighbor or this friend, or but in reality, when he turned around, he saw himself on the lawn with this gun. And you know, we we can't have redemption unless we really redeem and, and see what you've done. And and you know, this this thing in him, this um what he made a pack with and how it was able to manipulate him and let him see only what it wanted him to see. And he truly believes some of the things he's saying. I mean he really, really does. Like when he says, I wasn't there. When he says that, it's like a different voice in him when he's saying that. And we had it analyzed because everything is on tape. There's like two years of Ronnie on tape wow. every day. So there's you, you can hear, and it's very frightening, there's like some screaming and some... And, And it's not his voice, and and there's like um, a voice on top of a voice. There were so many different elements to it, but I was was clearing my own path as I was working with him. And, um, you know, people are so frightened of him as well, but I would actually be more afraid of the, the New York City Zodiac Killer. Um, And it's not because of the way he stalked and what he did. It's because what's in him is so friggin' powerful. It's so powerful. It's like... You know when you watch, like, those old Freddy Krueger movies and it's like, don't sleep, Mm -hmm. you can't sleep? Well, that's like Eddie. As soon as you think you... You're, you're relaxed, or you can just close your eyes for a moment, and and just a moment, it's like you know you open your eyes and everything has changed. Uh, he he practiced uh, the occult of um, the old version of Crowley and Solomon Sales and um, Solomon himself, and you know it's. I was amazed by that because, you know, like, and I've said this before, there was no computers, There is no information he had at that time. Uh, you know, there was no way of just sitting there, sitting in front of something and just, you know, um, absorbing what you're reading. There was, there was nothing like that. He, he learned from the masters himself. Mm. You know, he opened himself up. To different elements and um, it's you know I believe we are preset for certain things and just as you know we mock the world with um, good things uh, that makes headlines you know uh, we (laughs) there are bad things that make headlines for a reason and I think, you know, as, as long as we're alive, we're always going to have that.
0: We do have a call on the line. Uh, and if anybody would like to call in during the show, the number is 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Well, take this call. Hopefully it doesn't get too ahead of, uh, of what we're discussing here. Uh, but I don't want to leave it to chance in case somebody has a question about Ronnie either. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jackie Barrett. And I just dropped her off. <laughs> I forgot to lock her into the VIP line. So uh I guess we'll take a break because uh, I knocked Jackie off, and we'll be back in just a moment with more here on Spooky South Coast. Yeah. I don't know how, but
1: they found me. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSF into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. You
3: you say one thing, he say another, and
0: everybody changes back again. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And science advisor Matt Moniz. We believe we've fixed the issue now. We have Jackie locked in, so I won't disconnect her again. Uh, That was totally me. Everybody always, like, worries when that happens, when we start talking about the really bad things, especially the A-word. As everybody who is a fan of Spooky South Coast and a regular listener knows that whenever we talk about anything to do with Amityville, Havoc ensues, but this time it was not that. This time it was me. <laughs> so if that caller would like to call back, 508 996 0500 877 996 1420. If anybody has a question for Jackie, Jackie's still with us, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. I promise I will try not to mess up too much anymore. Um, okay. But uh, no promises. <laughs> the, all this new technology in the studio tonight, it's got me jumpy, I guess. So uh, we, we've been discussing your new book, The Haunting of the Gemini, and you had mentioned that you started to see this spirit of Patricia around, uh, but there was a point where it really started to intensify uh, these sightings and these, and these interactions with her.
2: Oh, absolutely. It was, you know, it's, um, I missed um, a part of my life, you know. Um, it's. It's like living in inside of a mirror and watching yourself doing something. It, it looks like you at times, and and you can't stop her. You know, I just I wasn't able to stop her. Um, but I I have to say that it's um, it's a little bit lonely. Um, that she's gone. Really? Yeah, yeah. I I... mean,
0: she she
2: caused havoc and did so many bizarre things. Uh, Well, I did as, as her and but she was trying to show me something and when I saw heaven and when I when I helped her get there, and I came back, it was um, it's like like leaving your best friend. Hmm.
3: Nice.
2: You know, she. I know why she did all that. I, I know what she was trying to do, and, and and I know what he was trying to do, um, Eddie and. And and the power pole and the struggle and the, and the the spiritual fight, um, it it's like afterwards, you know, you you leave a a boxing match and you're like, well, what the hell happened? And and she wasn't she wasn't the villain.
1: I have a question for you. Would when she would manifest, would anybody else see her? Yes. So so she was witnessed by other people besides you?
2: Yes. Others, others have seen her. You know, there was one time, um, and I didn't put this in, this part wasn't in the book. Um, we went to um, a Broadway show, and just trying to do things like we always do. You know, someone had given us tickets and went to go um, to the Broadway show, and, uh, you know, I came back to the seat, and there was... I remember seeing the woman... Like, as I passed to get to my seat, I remember seeing this older woman who was in in the bathroom and then going to get a drink and um i don't drink alcohol and she said they she didn't understand how somebody of the likes of this woman and she was describing her was getting um vodka and i i turned around and i felt patricia coming back out and and will was trying to just like keep it contained I don't think Patricia would have a problem of standing up on a seat and saying how she felt. <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, yeah. Other other people have seen her. I'm, you know, my my mailman has seen her. People in grocery stores, um, actually asking me if I had uh, sort of a twin because of having my clothes on you know um neighborhood people tend to know you you know if you if you have a tendency of wearing let's say a black hoodie with a you know a, a skull on it and saying uh you know gee i just some saw somebody walking here and order this and or or looking at my hands, strange um patricia's hands were Quite different. They were crusted over with dirt and and blood most of the time, and um, so and then I walk back into a place and and it isn't, or going into a nail place and and you know the girl who always does my nails saying, "What happened to your hands?" You know, um, and some some of the the scars and and. Physical
0: scars and mental scars aren't healed yet. Well, well we do have a call on the line, uh, and if anybody would like to call in with any questions for our guest, Jackie Barrett, the number is 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jackie Barrett. Hello, do you have a question? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I guess. Maybe they... Didn't have a question for Jackie, but a question, in a, a different question, perhaps.
1: So this entity or being would produce mimicry behavior?
2: Was that a question? Yes. Could, could you ask that question again?
1: Okay. So Patricia would have mimicry behavior of you?
2: She would mimic my behavior as well as I, my, I was mimicking her behavior, it was my body acting, my mind acting as Patricia? Would Patricia mimic my behavior? In um, other words,
1: to manipulate other people around you to pass off, as you? you understand the question now?
2: Yes, yes. Yes, she would. Okay. But, but she couldn't do the tasks at hand. You know, she um, she was schizophrenic, and um, you know, if I was um, let's say with a client and I felt her coming out or starting to act up, I would have to you know, say, oh, I'll be right back. Um, just hang tight. Um, I need to get an aspirin. Or, and I would just come up the stairs and it would be Um, like, you know, an argument with myself, basically.
0: And what... I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: I knew it wasn't myself, but...
0: And, and while this is going on and it's intensifying uh, you know you're you're frantically trying to figure out yourself and your daughter trying to figure out who this person might be and 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 what it is that she wants and and she's not being very forthcoming with any kind of information, but you did end up eventually gleaning her identity through some of these um, visions and and experiences that you had
2: absolutely she wasn't I I think, you know, in life there's a reason for, you know, not everything, maybe but most of the things that come to our door. And, you know, if we take the time to explore it uh, and to see what's going on, it's, and, it, and I really didn't have a choice in this. Um, I didn't want it. I, I didn't want any of it. Nobody would want to go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... It's a definite, you know, something that I needed to go through. I needed to find out who she was. We all had a part in it, and she was giving me clues, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what was going on.
0: I mean, and it must be hard, too, to be going through that and not knowing uh, if you can trust this this spirit with the information that they are giving you because, I mean, you're worried from pretty much right from the start that you might be dealing with something of a demonic nature because at the same time that you're dealing with Patricia, you're dealing with uh, sightings and, and visitations from a, a different type of entity uh, and something Absolutely. that you actually know very well.
2: And, and you know, we, we all know that, you know, the entities and... Um, malevolent spirits. Uh, I mean, this is all trickery that they pull on us,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, just uh, testing us. But I, it felt like I had no choice um, at times. You know, I, like I said, I'm not a drinker. I, do, I, don't, I don't take meds. I don't do this and I don't do that. And I, I felt as though Jackie was drugged and put into a cage. And I, I could see myself. I couldn't reach out and touch myself. I couldn't wake myself up. I was, it's like sitting right alongside yourself and watching this happen and witnessing this and, and seeing what's going on. And, you know, to say that you, you, I miss her smile, I miss, I miss her thirst for life and her freedom and it made me you know slow down a little bit and look at things a little bit differently that sometimes indeed they do come to us and in the state of what they were she was schizophrenic and a party girl and um homeless and she was murdered so she she came to me that way and i i look at her now as um this beautiful child
0: and well at the same time that she's coming to you and and trying to get you uh to understand what it is that she wants you to do for her you're also being taunted by the same force uh that you thought that you had at least maybe not vanquished but at least held at bay a little bit uh with with ronnie and and that would be the devil himself
2: absolutely absolutely and it's it's very frightening it's it's very very frightening because I knew how intelligent this person was um, in, in the occult and I I knew the deal he had made and and how he can come in and out of things you know whereas Ronnie Ronnie in prison would need a TV set. Um, or this, or that. Uh, you know, he doesn't. He sits alone. He he doesn't communicate with people. Um, it's it's frightening. It's frightening how the mind can sit so still and let something in and be content. And he's not looking to to get out. He's not looking to. To be a free man, he's, he knows what he's capable of doing, and he's, he's just going with it.
0: Well, we do have another call. Uh, we can try this again. Uh, 508-996-0500 877-996-1420 uh, We are going to be taking a break In about 7 minutes for the news uh, When we come back on the other side I want to get more into the idea of the New York Zodiac Killer Because people are familiar with the story Of the San Francisco Zodiac Killer There was a film and you know numerous books written and everything. I want to get into the actual details Of the New York Zodiac Killer So we can do that coming up in the next hour uh, But let's take this call Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast with Jackie Barrett Hello? Hi, you're on the air.
3: Oh, yeah. no, I, I was not to ask her uh, a question, but you said it in, in seven minutes?
0: Uh, yeah, you can ask your question. Go ahead.
3: Can, oh, you, can you just do me a favor and turn, do...
0: can you turn down your radio or your computer, however oh, you're listening? Oh,
2: All right, let me lower this. Sorry, that's my computer. Sure. Um, hello, Jackie? Yes, hi.
0: You're, you're on the with Jackie. Go ahead ask your question. Hello. Are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Sorry, she, Jackie can hear you. Go ahead, ask your question.
2: Um, hello, Jackie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Yes, uh, the question I wanted to ask was... Yeah, the question
3: I wanted to ask, have you ever met any of the family members of Patricia Fonte?
2: No, I haven't. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't. Um, I tried. I tried looking um, for them. Um, Patricia tried looking for them through me, and I know they're out there. I'm hoping that they will read the book, that they will know that um, she was truly a beautiful person. I know she had children. I know she wasn't capable of taking care of them. She wasn't even capable of taking care of herself. Um, I, I think um, the, the whole mental health uh, sort of did her wrong, so I'm hoping that they will come forward and appreciate the person. That she, that she was and that she, where she is now, um, in a more glorious place that, you know, she's, um, she is beautiful. All right.
0: Thank you very much for the question.
2: Oh, yeah, I just want to say that we love you over here in New York, and um, we want to see you more on TV. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> 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 well, thank you very much. You have a great night. All right thank you bye-bye Bye. and yeah I mean that is the thing was as I'm reading the book jackie and uh, and I'm hearing about uh, you know how how Patricia lived and, and how she's reaching out to you and i i I, I kind of dawned on me pretty early that her family probably didn't wasn't involved in her life very much, yeah, and that she okay. may and that she probably did fall through the cracks of of you know the state system because they, you know they try and do what they can, but as we know in new york you know they they've had I've been calling for a a separate project I'm working on I've been calling all kinds of uh, uh, mental hospitals and asylums in New York and and there's so many of them and there's so many patients in them that uh,
2: Absolutely and there are some that are just you know they're pushed to the the side Um, they've cut benefits on these people and they just medicate them and put them out there and they're a huge danger to themselves and You know, other people, uh, especially, you know, somebody with schizophrenia, um, can they be held accountable for committing a crime? And, you know, what do you do with them? Would you just, you know, throw them in in prison? I mean, they need help. You know, she, you, you know, it's really, really sad. Really, really, really sad. There's so much of this going on especially back in the day and with the drug use on top of it and um, in that park, in Highland Park there, uh, where she was murdered, um, the police didn't even get close to this. And I work with them, and I can tell you that they didn't. They didn't even do their job. They didn't get close to her body. They automatically said it was an overdose. Now, she was stabbed over a hundred times. You mean to tell me you don't see the blood? You don't see the puncture wounds on this woman?
0: That's incredible.
2: It is. It's, it's It's very sad. And when she brought me there and I went back with her, I felt them
0: well we will pick this up on the other side after the news we'll find out more about the new york new york zodiac killer uh, some of his crimes and uh, and why you know it's just it's evil it's just evil, evil personified so we'll get into all that coming up in the next hour uh, in the meantime while we are in the commercial break feel free to go to spookysouthcoast.com you can find the link to Jackie's website JackieBarrett.com, where you can purchase her books you can pick up all three of them. The house that Kay built, you can pick up The Devil I Know, and you can pick up the new one, The Haunting of the Gemini. They're all available right there on her site, and you can find out more about her and her work. And as that caller mentioned, you've seen her on TV in the past, and uh, and, and I'm sure that you'll be seeing her quite a bit again in the future. So we'll talk about all that coming up. You can also get some of those ten remaining tickets to our Legend Trips event coming up this July 12th at the Murdoch Whitney House in Winchendon, Massachusetts. Don't miss your chance to investigate with the spooky crew Jeff Belanger, Andrew Lake, and Dustin Parry of Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International. You can just go to legendtrips.com to get some of those remaining tickets. We'll be back after the news with more here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Look, I know
2: the supernatural is
3: something.
1: WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa.
0: Welcome back. Our number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the Silent Assassin, Matt Costa. Science yep. advisor Matt Moniz is, is out right there here. Uh, And before before we get back into our discussion with uh, with Jackie Barrett, and uh, it, it's already creeping me out. I'm already going to have trouble sleeping tonight. But before we get more into the story of the haunting of the Gemini with Jackie, uh, Matt, I just want to ask you about something. We don't have time tonight for a week and weird, yeah. but there was a story that broke today that is uh, earth-shattering. Really? I'm usually right on top of this. Is it... Uh, a fantastic discovery. You know, we've been waiting for Is the discovery. The gem movie? No, it's not the gem movie. Okay. We've been waiting for the discovery of Bigfoot. We've been waiting for the discovery of the Loch Ness Monster, even though we got, you know, fooled a little bit last week by a boat. But there was one other elusive th- legend. All right, well, I'll throw in Chupacabra too. so four. There was one fourth elusive legend that we'd heard for years, but nobody could ever prove that it actually existed. Okay, And that was the E.T., the video game... Oh yeah, Atari yep, cartridge right. graveyard. They found that. I know. I didn't think. Uh, I thought they found that years ago. No, it was, it was rumored it was a to mess. exist. I mean, it was it was just a, a the, legend. They they you know the people had been denying it, and uh, and people had been kind of skating around the issue. But now they actually found it. the The game that ruined the video game industry yep. for a couple of years. Uh, and they they, yeah, they they made more games than there were Ataris. And, which so, was a genius move, right? But they're thinking, you know, this is going to be the title that launches uh, Atari into the stratosphere that has an Atari well, in bare, every such home. was like a huge franchise at the time. Yeah, the movie was so incredible. They, they were like, "How can it go wrong?" It, was, it went wrong pretty easily because it was a terrible game, <laughs> really and was. they only uh, they only it was so hard. And, and the other problem with it was it, it really bared very little to do with the movie. It was kind of just they took a video game idea that they already had and they threw E.T. onto it. And it wasn't even a very good rendered E.T. And the fact that Steven Spielberg actually signed off on that game uh, is is embarrassing for him as well. But, you know, the game did come out. It was a huge flop. Uh, It it pretty much ruined Atari. It pretty much took out the entire video game industry uh, of that year. It was the great video game crash of uh, 1982, 3? That the game actually, I think, I think think the game came out for Christmas of '82 because the film came out in the summer, and uh, so anyway, so that you know kind of killed. And thank goodness for Nintendo Mm -hmm. coming back with Super Mario Brothers in 1985 and saving home video gaming. But uh, yeah, the ET game there really is a a giant burial site where they dumped all the cartridges. And I don't know if you saw, they're making a documentary about it. Are they for for the Xbox channel? which is why they were trying to find it in the first place. But uh, they were tweeting from the site, and they were putting up some photos. And the the sad part about it is not only were there – it was every ET cartridge that was left there, thousands and thousands and thousands of them, but they were finding other games too. They, oh, found, yeah. they found a centipede still wrapped up in the shrink wrap. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Centipede wasn't that bad of a game. I have centipede. Yeah, yeah. So I also have ET for my Atari. Paralyzed veterans of America. So uh, I have ET for my Atari too at home. So uh, we can we can play that some night and we'll stream it on Spooky <laughs> yeah. TV. It'll be a blast. Moniz remembers the ET Atari game. I'm sure. Yeah. I gotta turn your mic back on. I didn't turn it on because you weren't there.
1: Yeah, I do remember it. Did you beat it? I, I watched maybe like the first level of it and said what. What yeah, was you, <laughs> that was the
0: thing, you couldn't really beat Atari games. You just kinda just kept playing them again and again. Uh but that uh that's a story for another time. Now if they could find a whole gra- graveyard of the journey game. That was fantastic. Journey game? That was so ahead of its time. Yeah. The Great what was it? The Great Escape game? It was uh, you actually they actually had rendered versions of Journey's Heads. Oh really? On the, oh man you gotta is look that it like up. the
1: first band video game? Um,
0: yes it was. Yeah. It, was. Yeah. it was. It was it predated Revolution X music as yeah. the weapon that by about fifteen years. It was so good. <laughs> Music is the weapon. (laughs) Let's get back into a little bit more serious here and get back into our discussion with our guest tonight, Jackie Barrett. Her new book is called The Haunting of the Gemini. It's available from her website, JackieBarrett.com. And, Jackie, I'm sure it's in bookstores everywhere as well, too.
2: Yes, absolutely. It went just like the devil I know. uh, Both of them went um, worldwide.
0: So we were talking in the first hour about your interactions with the spirit of Patricia, who was one of the victims of the New York Zodiac Killer. And I think a lot of people are familiar with the story of the San Francisco Zodiac, but the right. New York story—you uh, know, that's, for, for as much as it plagued New York City, it doesn't seem to have a lot of uh, a lot of people outside of the area that really remember the details of that case.
2: Um. I think I think you would have to be a New Yorker. It's one of those things like Son of Sam, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like that whole summer of um terrorizing the city streets. But yeah, it was um I spoke to a lot of people. I, I went in different areas and of um New York itself, you know, from from the hood all the way to the other side and People remember um, this guy stalking the streets and they were fearful and um, nobody would wear the Zodiac sign and, you know, uh, who would come in early. And um, people were watching for him and as he was watching for them.
0: So it started off in, uh, in early 1990 where there were... Uh, It looks like four victims uh, Between March and June of 1990 And these victims were all shot by someone Right And it was with a homemade gun?
2: It was a homemade gun Everything he used was homemade Um, He would go to a hardware store And pick up everything he needed Um, He was also very good with making bombs And um, huge slingshots that he would try his hand at of um, shattering um, glass and uh, car windows, people driving. Um, He tested his hand out uh, pretty much all across the city. His big bang was going to be the Empire State Building. Really? By placing bombs underneath and he went several times there to check it out and just walked right in and went along with the tourist and you know he was able to to come and go and you know it, it goes to show you how when the devil wants something to be done Eddie was picked up uh, way before he killed Patricia. And also paralyzed um, some other victims and um, did some other horrible things, as uh, setting cars on fire with people in them. And when they picked him up, he had his gun on him. And they threw him into lockup, and he was, you know, like he said to me, that was it, you know. uh, I... I'm done, I'm over, and he sat there, and and they called, and he, well, before they had called him uh, over, you know, to the bars there to, to speak to him, he heard a voice behind him, and this man's voice told him to get up and to stop holding his head, and his work wasn't done, and he was going to be... Released. Sure enough, they came a few minutes later, the captain and um, some other detectives, and they said, you're free to go. They couldn't pick up a fingerprint. The gun didn't work. And they just took him as another loony and sent him on his way. He no sooner left that police station. And uh, actually, they brought him down to Central Booking. He no sooner left that uh, place, and he was outside, and they handed him the gun over. Wow! And he cocked it back, and the gun worked. And that's when he went out that night, and he he did more of the uh, the devil's work.
0: Well, in the beginning, now these first four attacks, uh, only one person actually died. Uh, the others were able to kind of survive, but a lot of them descri- you know, said that they couldn't make out any description of him, that they couldn't see him even though they might have been looking at him or, or they might have encountered him They they there was some sort of force preventing them from being able to identify him
2: Absolutely, absolutely and and the scary, the, the really frightening thing to me was that everybody was given a description of a uh, black male and you know, Eddie is Hispanic. Um, so, and 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 thin. He's a, a thin person. So this other person was heavier, and they give a complete description. I mean, the same one, same description, and different police stations. And um, it was this this poor man. Um, People were trying to run him out of town, like Frankenstein. Him, they were going to burn him out of his apartment, and they they put his picture up all over the place. Uh, and and uh, prior to this, he had no arrest. After this happened to him, he became the Long Island uh, shooter on the train. So.
0: Uh, so you think that that might have been related?
2: Absolutely. It's like you know let's let's um, let's take someone else on. you know there's there's uh, a bigger person sitting back watching, and this bigger person, we need to realize he's out there and he's real and and it can happen to anybody. And this guy that they were describing, was a victim, and then he victimized and killed people on the subway.
1: He also tried to defend himself in court. If I'm not mistaken, when exactly
2: right. he, he that's he was not just somebody a that's fighting ahead. Guy, you know, he was just a working class guy. He did. He didn't do anything prior to that. And when they first pulled him in and and everybody saw his face and it was plastered all over, it was on the news, and it was like, this is the Zodiac killer, something happened to him.
0: Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too. The police actually received letters from him uh, prior to any of these attacks happening, uh, claiming to be Zodiac.
2: Yeah, and they couldn't figure it out.
0: I mean, I'm assuming that they're probably thinking at this point, everybody knows about the San Francisco Zodiac Killer from the late 60s, and they're probably thinking it's just some other nut job trying to raise some hysteria, uh, and they probably weren't taking it too seriously.
2: Well, that's one thing they do. I mean, you know, everything that they see every day, and all, all, like you said, all all these wackos coming in, you know, trying to take claim for, you know, such a, a heinous act, and um, it isn't them, but they they kept a lot quiet from the public um, because they didn't want mass hysteria. They didn't want people breaking into people's homes and dragging people out and, you know, um, saying this person, yes, this is a definite. Here we have a match. You know, um, Eddie's Eddie's fingerprints didn't match anything. So, didn't match anything so that's why they had let him go
0: and he was able to continue on with his uh, his quest to to claim a victim for all 12 signs of the zodiac and uh, absolutely and and Patricia being the the first victim when the second wave of attacks started yes actually she was kind of the only victim I guess if you're gonna look at it it kind of came in three waves and uh, and she would have been uh, number two you know the part of the only second only part of the second wave and then the next murder didn't come till almost a year later.
2: Yeah. And and you know, well,
0: the next attack, I should say. Uh,
2: every everyone he had targeted um was a victim because he left some people paralyzed. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, these people are out there and their family members and you know, um completely traumatized by what has happened and, you know, how someone could just creep up on you and do do something that changes your whole world you know, your life, your family, everything, just everything and, you know, another shocking thing was is that they had the largest task force out there looking for him so New York was really brought to their knees by him and they couldn't find him he was right under their nose and when they went around the park where he would occupy uh, just watching just watching them watch him and they didn't even know they were watching him I mean who were they watching they didn't know Mm-hmm. and he would sit on the bench with everyone else and they would bring a picture and he remembers the picture looked <clears throat> very much like him it wasn't like um it wasn't like you know uh an asian person uh a black person a white person it was this hispanic man um right there you know Uh, right there black and white they have the picture and eddie's sitting there and they're going from person to person handing the picture over and he said there had to be at least you know 75 people hanging out it was the summer it was sort of like you know the famous needle park at the time Mm -hmm. and it was known for the drug use and what have you and When they came to him, um, they were getting ready to show him the picture. (laughs) They were standing right there, and they passed him, and they went to the next person sitting alongside of him.
0: Like there was some kind of force field around him, something kind of insulating him and protecting him.
2: He he knew how to do the blinding spell. Um, to make yourself obscure to where you can be in a room and no one know that you're in there. And he actually tried it out on his family members as well, where he would do this spell, he would anoint himself, he would light these candles, he would do this dance around it, and, and then he would just try it out and
0: they didn't see him. And what's strange about it is, you know, he, he gets the opportunity to keep going after these uh, these individuals to continue these attacks and it, it turns out to be not one of these crimes that ends up leading to his capture but uh, essentially a family argument and then his own, I guess, vanity, his own uh, desire to, to let the world know that he was the New York Zodiac killer, that he ends up being found out
2: yeah and you know he didn't he didn't do that um on purpose um his sister was arguing with a boyfriend and it was a kid in the house and you know there was like a small apartment and chaos was going on and you know he didn't want the cops to come because of everything he had in his room he had pipe bombs and Um, Grenades and explosives And weapons and guns And everything you can think of uh, Right in this little tiny room And he was dressed up You know, he was He had his gear on It was time to stalk the night And she broke out into this argument And the music was loud And he wanted it to stop He needed this to stop He needed to get out He needed to pass them and they got in the way, but he didn't. He didn't want to get caught. It's just that I think the devil used him up, and it was time. It was time for him to be put aside, so he can go on to the next and create the next monster.
0: And it was one. Stupid little mistake that he made uh, while in police custody uh, of how he signed his name, right? That's what. That's. What and ended you know
2: up. he, you're absolutely right. And he, um, he told me that you know when he had to sign because there was a family dispute and he shot his sister, and he he was going after the boyfriend. They barricaded themselves. And there was a huge shootout, a huge shootout with the cops. And you know, it's it's just strange. They they couldn't get him, uh, so they took him in for that. You know, he surrendered the weapons. He put them in the in the bucket, and he lowered um, the weapons from the window. But he told me that he knew his time was up. Hmm. And it wasn't because of the shootout, because he would have just went to prison for shooting his sister. And it, it wasn't it wasn't that. It was when they got him downtown, and he felt he felt it rise up right from his feet, and something went right up into his back. And he took the pen, and he was trying to stop it with his other hand. And it was as though, you know, he, the way I fought with Patricia, um, where, you, you know, you're saying, stop it and don't do this, and leave me alone and get out, get out. He was, he started doing that, and it wasn't even the hand he used to write. And as he was trying to grab the pen out of that hand, he signed it as the Zodiac Killer.
0: And that's what led to his undoing. That's Uh, it. So now that you are getting into this uh, information and you're able to put it together that Patricia was one of the uh, victims of the New York Zodiac, uh, Eddie Seda, and when you've made this determination... Now, where does the case take you from there? Where, where do you go from there?
2: Trying to free her. Trying to get him to let her go. Trying to show him what he had done. And trying to, through, from being a medium, letting the, the other victims along the way, and the ones that people didn't know about, like the homeless people that lived in cars that went on fire, that he set fire to, and, you know, um, like he said to me, I don't know how many I, I did in, He said I didn't stick around to, you know, to take head count. But I saw all these people, and they wanted him. Mm. They wanted him to see what he had done.
0: Well, where you had dealt with Ronnie DeFeo in the past and somebody who tried to separate himself from his crimes and and to kind of look at it as, you know, it wasn't me that did it, and and then to find out that it was. With this case, you have to... You basically have to take somebody who has not separated themselves, who takes ownership of it but feels nothing from it. You need to find a way to put remorse into the remorseless. Yeah, absolutely,
2: but... You know, there's, um, evil doesn't have remorse, you know, it's, the, the devil, the devil I know, when, when I was dealing with Ronnie, it's, you know, there, the conclusion was that, you know, it was a little bit different than it was with Eddie. Eddie was remorseful because he didn't have her anymore. hmm and he's sure he could find a way to have company in his new prison, you know. And at the end, um, he no longer wanted to be at, you know, um, Great Meadows. And he never put in for a transfer. He never, never wanted... It's like out of sight, out of mind. He just sits in drawers all day and um, makes artwork and masks and what have you. And his, his real passion was in the evening when the lights went down, he would have his company of the souls that he was trapping in his own world. And... He could hear them in the walls, so it didn't matter if he stood up and he, by, as he said to me, I, I put my arms out and I could feel both sides of, each side of the wall, you know, so he's in this tiny little cinder block cell, and he said, but he was, he felt like he was in a cocoon. With lots of company, because he could still hear the screaming, and that's what he needed. And he would sleep like a baby. Uh, You know, he he was rocked to sleep by the souls that were tortured, and as he put it, collected by him. And his favorite one was Patricia. His his trophy was her when he no longer heard her and he didn't hear the the little dog barking anymore and the mass amount of screams from seeing somebody set on fire he wanted out and i told him i said you're you're going to leave I know you're going to leave. And he said, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to let me go. He didn't want to be there anymore because the first time it felt like he was in a tomb, hmm. that he was in his own coffin with no company. And that's the one thing he didn't want. He didn't want anyone alive. He wanted the souls that he collected for the devil to be alongside him and when he didn't have this he felt that he was less than the soldier to lucifer and he needed to leave so they transferred him to Wendy prison he got his he got his wish
0: so when when he became you know, when he started, he referred to himself to you as a soul collector. And yeah. when that happened, was that what was going through his mind when he was committing these murders and committing these attacks, or was that kind of uh, something that developed afterwards? After uh, the devil had kind of left him behind and, and left him to be caught and, and tried and convicted.
2: When he was committing the acts, he was doing it, you know, to to gain rank with the devil, um, because you know. The belief in the occult is when you die and you commit these acts, you are higher in hell. So you're not the, the lowest form of scum. You're higher in hell mm. for collecting these, these tortured people. And, and they were tortured um, because some of most of them were homeless. So it's like a double cowardly act. And, you know, so it's like he felt he was going to reside alongside Lucifer, um, the Prince of Darkness. And when that, when I was releasing them, he, he was becoming extremely disturbed because I crushed everything that he set out to do. And as he first set out to, to accomplish these tasks, I don't believe he did it to gain, you know, a jar full of souls. I, he did it because he was on a mission From the devil. And when he completed the mission, he was told that he was one of the grand soldiers for hanging on to the soul. Wow. And now that they were gone, at least Patricia and um, maybe two or three others, he was nothing.
0: And now do you feel that being in that position, does that make him, uh, how do I put this, does that make him feel uh, more distraught about his fate? I mean, you said like now he realizes that he's he's actually in a prison, Uh, but now is he feeling more like when he does die, uh, it's not going to be whatever he had imagined that it would be and that he's going to really suffer for his sins? He
2: doesn't care. He... Mm -hmm. um, he knows. He knows he's going to suffer, and you know he said to me that um, God will judge him, and I told him he certainly will, and you know he 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 proceeded to to speak of um, when he felt this happening to him. You know he and and it's strange because he was always a deeply religious person, and he would he hated certain things. He hated drug users and and anybody that had um, sex and you know premarital sex and and just the whole um, place where he was living. He didn't you know he looked down upon everything and everyone. Um, and he would often just go to church, and and he did go to the priest. And he said, he went into confession, and he said, I have sinned. Um, I, I'm doing things. Something is inside of me. They tried to help him. Um, when they saw what was inside of him, they left him. They walked away. Wow. They showed their weakness, and the devil became stronger. And then, therefore, the demons and the grandfather of them all, the big daddy, stood right alongside Eddie because the church turned their back on him. And um, actually, the, the, the priest, um, I did go to see him. He was very angry. Uh, The church is still there. And there was two of them. One um, had left, and the other one um, said he did everything he he could. He did his best. That's what he told me. He did his best. And I said it just wasn't good enough. And he asked me to leave the church.
0: I, I mean, I, I can't believe that he feel that he really did do his best if they had forsaken him.
2: You know, if Eddie would have gotten the help, um, a lot of people would have been alive. And, of course, you know, there's this big book, and there is this big book in hell, and I want people to know this, just as there is in heaven. And there are names in this book, and there are acts and crimes near these names, and you know people want to be famous they they're out there and they they they'll do anything for this fame and that's what you get you you are famous
0: I mean even if they felt like you know infamous. from <laughs> From a religious point of view, even if they felt like they couldn't help him you know spiritually, if they you know like if they don't want to go to the lengths of saying, "Well here's somebody who could be possessed uh, or, and we need to conduct an exorcism, they could have at least tried to get him in the right direction in terms of psychological help
2: I would have looked psychologically first sure. um, to be honest with you because when you hear something like this you know a Bible toting young man. Um, you know, it's like everything was falling in line for him. He tried to go into the service. He, you know, he he fell from that by two points. He tried different things. Nothing panned out. Eddie, Eddie had, um, you know, in high school, Eddie had like a sixth grade reading level, and but yet he could... Um, out of nowhere, uh, you know, this was um, in, in the course of like a month, he began to um, speak different languages. And when he speaks, um, he speaks uh, broken, you know, a little bit of broken English. We, we call it, you know, the street language, um, the pronouncing of words, a little bit wrong. But when that thing is in him, he's articulate, he's smart, he can speak different languages. He um, he said something to me, and it was taped. And um, I had brought it over to a friend, uh, an analyst um, for NYPD, and and I wanted to know what it was. And it was Arabic backwards. Oh wow! So you know, there's there's certain things, and and you wake up and you you know how to read hieroglyphics, and you know how to put these things together. It doesn't work that way.
0: Mm. And it shows that you're dealing with a force that's actually very ancient.
2: Exactly. And he ran over um, to the church, and he said, there's something in me. I felt myself come off my bed. I, these things are happening to me. I Please, I need your help. I need your help. And I told him to come to church more and to pray, um, that's all that he did was pray. He walked around with the Bible, and I guess, you know, um, the devil took that Bible and smacked him with it, mm. used it right on him, and showed him that the man of the cloth had turned his back on him. Uh, but but when when he was arrested, and um, they went up to the, the precinct to, uh, to try to talk to him then. And he... said i i have nothing
0: to say father well we are talking with jackie barrett she's a psychic medium and an author her new book is called the haunting of the gemini a true story of new york's zodiac murders if anyone has any questions you can give us a call 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 you can tweet us at spooky sc or email us Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, when you were dealing with Ronnie DeFeo and you were visiting him on a regular basis and and, and trying to help him uh, get through what he went through, you know, he had a very uh, strange and very overwhelming attachment to you, mm-hmm. and you were able to break free of that. But now with Eddie Sato, you've got the same thing happening, except now he's telling you that you are two parts of the same whole, hence the title, The Haunting of the Gemini.
2: Yes, that's frightening. <laughs> that's frightening. And I, um, I I think it's symbolic that, you know, we're, we are two. And I tried to look at it as that, you know, um, that he was trying to say that, that there is good and bad in all of us. Mm-hmm. And we are capable um, of doing unspeakable things. And... Um, I, I choose not to think that way, but I, I'm assuming that, you know, um, this is what he's speaking of. And he said, no. He said, I'll, I'll always be a part of you. And, yeah, that was scary. I mean, <laughs> you know, how, you know? I mean, I just, you know, went ten rounds at the devil and Ronnie, so...
0: It just seems like in as much as they're they're being used, Ronnie and Eddie both are being used as instruments of the devil, it seems like the devil knows that sooner or later you're going to get sucked into this and you're going to be coming back. It's, it's almost like even though these crimes that each of them committed had nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. it's almost like you might be the end game. Wow, that's scary. <laughs> sorry to sorry to put it that way, but I, I mean, know, it just seems it seems scary. that way.
2: That's scary because you know, I I thought about that when I put his mask on. You know, like how frightening would it be for a medium, you know, at um, at my caliber to commit something?
0: Right. If if you were being used as the instrument,
2: yeah, that would be really
0: scary. Well, I mean, it, it, do you think that that's that that's what the devil is after? Is he after your abilities, or is he just after you? Uh, I mean,
2: man, the devil's been riding my ass for years. You know, my my mother died in an exorcism, and um, I'm reminded uh, whenever he wants uh, that I I failed. I I couldn't um, I couldn't help her. And I'm reminded about that, you know, just by, you know, like you, you're you laughing and you're doing something, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like you, a little sneaky reminder comes in, like uh, something will happen, um, or a phone call. And just the other day, uh, something really frightening happened um, between my brother and I in California, and I'm in New York here, Um I had this really bad eye infection and I didn't want to tell him about it and then I just told him, you know, I had this really bad eye infection and I had to get this like um, in in the office type of surgery where they it went into a little cyst and they had to, you know, pull the eyelid back like a sty.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um take care of it but he's my older brother and he worries about me and and he was like a mom you know he's mothered me and what have you um so anyway he texts me and you know we we both texting on the iphone and he's like uh you know so what are you doing today and blah 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 and I said to him, I'm working, and I'll talk to you later. And then he said, I, I get a text back, and it said, what are you talking about? I'm a sissy. And I was like, what is this, you know? And I'm laughing, and and, and I'm in the middle of a meeting, uh, and, and I'm looking at this. You know, I'm, I'm in a production meeting, and I'm looking at this. And the next text said, um, what are you talking about? You can't see... And now your legs hurt. He was like, what's wrong with you? And then he kept trying to call, and then he calls my BlackBerry, and he calls the iPhone, and he's calling, you know, Joanne told me he was calling the home line because the home line gets switched over to Joe's phone. And I was like, wow, I said, he's like, you know, he's like, you have to call me right now. I want to know what's going on with you. So then, I of course, I couldn't. The, the next text. me was um the strangest thing just happened i'm really really scared can you call me and i was like him scared him scared of what he's trainer he's a huge guy and you know um what are you scared of right so that evening we connect and i said to him you know so hey what's happening what are you talking about and he said Jackie, he said, "You're not going to believe what happened." He said, "I get this text message, and it's a, a completely different number." And um, uh, he said, "I think it was a Florida area code." And you know, if you're if you're on the iPhone and right under you know Jackie's text, it would be my my phone number.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So he calls it back, and he calls this this number and he said you know who who is this and he said he was like paralyzed on the phone he said um he she said who's this and he gave it a wrong name and he said who am i talking to and she said you're talking to mary and he hung up the phone and he was scared 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 So I tried to make light of it. I said, you know, it's just somebody fucking around, and don't worry. And he said, it can't be. He said, it was right under your phone number. And he he said, what is she talking about, her eye? And I said, it's strange because my left eye um, was really bad. It was really, really bad. And then I had to film like that. and it got reinfected from the makeup and, and I had to get it had this little cyst between the eyelid and, and the eyeball and he was like you didn't tell me he said I'm, I'm hearing it from somebody in Florida by the name of Mary and he was like and after all of that he said um, she's dead right Jackie she's gone and I said yeah I said you know she is we all know
0: and, and for those who might not be aware, Mary was your mother. Exactly. Well, it. I mean, aside from the, the obvious joke I can make that it proves that Florida is hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, just waiting. I
2: mean, I had some no, other just things just to today. You know, I was like, it's probably somebody just in some friggin' nursing home. I said, stop it. And he was like, that has an iPhone? And and it's under your right under your text messages and I was like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. But my brother has things happening to him. There's we're both insomniacs. We um, we have difficult things happening um, in our lives um, with ourselves. Uh, to to talk to us, you wouldn't know. Um, We we both keep a a really good, tight family and um, a happy-go-lucky perspective, and and nighttime is um, very frightening for us. Sometimes um, he'll sleep, you know, on the floor in fear of something grabbing him off the bed. Mm. Uh, The... This... Wave that starts in a wall and then this sort of portal that opens and we see the same person coming through and um, that was our mother and it's frightening.
0: Well, we, we do have a call on the line here. We have about four minutes left in the show but maybe we can squeeze in this call. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Jackie Barrett.
2: Oh, yes, Jackie. How are you doing? Hi. How are you? Uh, my name is Mike and um I just
3: had a question here where my entire family has been haunted in some way with, like, things flying off the the shelves, out of the closets, Um, with uh, my mother's side, my mother seeing apparitions. I'm the only one in my entire family that has not seen anything, I heard anything and nothing's happened to me Um, Do you think That means That God might be Watching
2: over me Might be stronger On me Than them You know what I mean Hmm. You know what I'm saying I don't know um, I don't want to Forsaken everybody else And say that Jesus isn't Or or God isn't um, Watching over them you know it's it's happened in my own family um and sooner or later the person does see it uh and it happened to uncle Ray who we have an uncle Ray um you know nothing ever bothered him and then you all of a sudden he it was like hell rained on him mm. you know um and he truly isn't the same but Maybe it's just not meant for you
0: yet. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. And and that does about uh, just about does it for our talk with you tonight, Jackie. But I know there's some other things that you're working on. Anything you can kind of let us in on?
2: Well, um, we were happy to uh, to announce that the uh, the Devil I Know was sold to NBC Universal Studios. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so, so that's in their hands, and um, I can't talk about it much, but um, Jackie is going to be doing her own show.
0: Nice. <laughs> well, when you can share more details with us, hopefully you'll come back and do so.
2: Yes, we will do, we will do. Well, right. you'll be hearing really soon about
0: it. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Jackie Barrett, we always love talking with you, and uh, take care and be well.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me, and be well
0: yourself. Have a great night. That is Jackie Barrett. The new book is called The Haunting of the Gemini. You can pick it up from her website, JackieBarrett.com, or wherever books are sold. You can also uh, pick it up from Amazon and everywhere else that you can get books uh, in the online fashion. So definitely check it out and pick up her other books as well, The House That Kay Built and The Devil I Know, which you will now be able to be seeing on the screen as well. Uh, That is it for this week's show. We'll be back. Well, you guys might be back next week. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and sit in. There'll definitely be a show on May 10th. I'll be back in two weeks uh, from my little world tour here, <laughs> paranormal world tour. Uh, until then, we want everybody out there to stay spooktacular. And remember that uh, you can still help us out by going to GoFundMe.com slash Spooky South Coast. We can make this even bigger and better for you. Uh, we, we already want to thank everybody out there who's donated so far and really helped us out. Hopefully, you're enjoying the fruits of that with the all new and improved Spooky TV. Hopefully, uh, you enjoyed it and it worked out well for you. It's it seems to have worked out pretty well on our end. Uh, we'll, we'll find out when all the emails and everything else starts coming in. All right, so that does it for this week's show. Again, for Matt Moniz, from Matt Costa, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.